this past week has been hashtag mom life to the extreme. Welcome to the Fueled and Fit Podcast, where fitness and nutrition meet motherhood. My name is Janae Wise, otherwise known as the Fit Mom Coach. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition coach, yoga teacher, mom of eight, and military wife. This is a podcast for busy moms like you and is all about helping you maximize your fitness and optimize your nutrition. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad you're here and hope our time together will be beneficial to you. Before we get started, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at the Fit Mom Coach. I post regularly on my stories and love interacting with followers through my stories or DMs. I would love to see you there. I also have a YouTube channel that you might be interested in, which is just my name, Janae Wise, where I share free short format yoga flows and other workouts. I would also love to see you there. Now, on to the show. Before we get into the show, I want to share the review of the week from Apple Podcasts real quick. This review is from Steve O. The Jake. He or she, I imagine it's he, says, how an ultra marathoner was able to inspire me shows leadership. I'm not a runner, but Janae and Brian were able to emphasize principles that were relatable to me. Thank you. I'm always so motivated after listening to this podcast. And he's referring, by the way, to episodes 10 and 11, my interview with Brian Anderson. If you haven't had a chance to listen to those episodes, give them a listen. They're really good. Well, thank you, Steve-O the Jake. And if you have not taken time to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, would you consider doing so now? Just stop right now and, and you can come back to the show, but just tap on review tap on the five stars and leave what you love about the show. It doesn't have to be a long, lengthy review. Short and sweet is just as good as the more detailed reviews. I would so appreciate it. Apple Podcasts is one of the bigger podcasts, maybe the biggest podcast provider currently, and leaving a rating and review is a very easy way to help support the show. I don't get paid for what I do here on my podcast. It's a labor of love. Obviously, I'm trying to spread the word about what I do as a coach and a personal trainer. And my message is that moms matter, that you matter, that taking care of yourself and putting those efforts in to your diet and your fitness are so worth it. That's my message. And if you want to help me spread that message, would you leave a review? I would so appreciate it. And if you do, make sure to go to the link in the show notes and let me know that you left the review. And if you are the review of the week, I will send you a free Fueled and Fit mug. I'm doing that for the next couple of weeks to just say thank you to those that are leaving a review. And if you are the uh, review of the week, you will get that mug. I would love to send it to you. All right, on to the show. 
Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm recording this a few days after I would like to be recording, and today's episode is actually going to be a little bit different than my prior episodes. Now and then, I'm going to do a show that is a little bit more informal, more of a conversational style, and I hope that it just feels like we're having a conversation. So I do like to type out a script for each show. I like to be well thought out. I want to make the best use of your time. And so I I usually have a script, but I want to be very real with you. This past week has been hashtag mom life to the extreme. Today is my son's ninth birthday. So my child number five, it's his birthday today. A few days ago, I started, I launched my group training program, Accelerate. I have shared a little bit on the podcast about how that was going to go down the beginning of January. And so it has started and it's super exciting. I have a great group of ladies that I'm working with. And so just the prep for that and getting that launched has been a lot of work in addition to just mom life duties. So life has been very busy. I've been training clients, working with my group training clients and my Accelerate program. And it's been a lot. So I am here today to just sit down and chat with you about my goals for 2023. Not just my goals, because let's be honest, it's not that interesting to just hear about me yapping about my life. I want to talk about how we can help you reach your goals in 2023. It's the beginning of a new year. Super exciting to have a fresh start. At least that's how I see it. I know that not everyone is into New Year's resolutions. That's fine. If you're not into New Year's resolutions, I still think that you should be interested in goal making. Making goals is just fundamental to self-improvement. And I do believe in self-improvement. I'm an optimist. I've talked about that before, which is part of the reason I'm such a fan of fitness. And I believe that we can constantly strive to get better and not just strive, but that we can become better. And the point of goals is to help us improve and to challenge us and to help us grow. So I'll just start with my goals for 2023. I mentioned in a previous episode last week, actually, I think that lately my diet, well, pretty much the whole month of December with the holidays, I was trying to maintain my weight as we talked about the importance of weight maintenance and not trying to lose weight during the month of December. But despite my efforts, I still gained a few pounds. A part of that um, was just I was allowing foods that I don't normally eat. I was allowing them to creep into my diet. And I am a big believer in kind of being a flexitarian. I am plant-based. I am vegetarian. I don't eat meat. But um, to be clear, I'm not completely vegan, mostly vegan. But I am really big on creating your own diet. So I don't follow any one particular dietary approach. I, over the years, have studied a lot of different ways of eating. And they all have things to offer and benefits. But when it comes down to it, each individual needs to decide, okay, what foods agree with me? What foods do I really like? What foods are important to my culture, to my family history? 
and then make that a part of your diet and make it work for you. So I remember reading as a teenager, Suzanne Summers had come out with a diet book and I remember reading her list of these are all the foods you need to eat. And then she had a huge list of do not ever eat these foods. And I remember one of the foods was peanuts. And I was like, wait, why? I don't understand. I mean, certainly if you're allergic to peanuts, stay away from peanuts. But she called it a funky food that would make you fat. And since then, I have learned a lot. (laughs) But I think back to that diet book and so many others that I have read over the years where they give you lists of foods to never eat. And I just really don't like that approach. I think that if a food does not agree with you, for example, I am lactose intolerant, milk does not agree with me. I don't really think that milk has a lot of nutritional value uh, aside from the calcium, which we can get from other foods like greens, for example. But nonetheless, if you choose to drink milk, that's a choice that you're making. If it agrees with you, if you like it, okay, go for it. You can read some some of the research and some of the work of plant-based doctors who make a very compelling and strong argument that humans are not intended to drink lactose-containing beverages, i.e. milk from animals, including humans, past you know the age of, of weaning. And I tend to agree with that. However, I realize we live in a fallen world. We do, you know, have lots of foods that contain dairy, and if you decide to stay away from dairy for whatever reason, it is a choice that could be a little bit prohibitive. So anyway, going back to the my main point of the this idea that, that you need to create your own diet, you need to create an approach that works for you, part of that is discovering just basic concepts of nutrition, namely that you need all the macronutrients. You need fats, you need carbohydrates, you need protein, you absolutely need fiber and water. Those are the macronutrients. And then you need all the micronutrients, and those are your vitamins and your minerals. And beyond that, we need things like antioxidants and these really strong cancer-fighting phytochemicals that can only be found in plants. We, we need those things. So going back to in December, I was letting some junk foods creep into my diet, which under normal circumstances would not be an issue, but I was just eating more than I was comfortable with. And I got to a point where, you know, I gained a few pounds. I was like, I'm I am not happy with the trajectory of my diet. I need a little bit of a reset. So I decided to go back to uh, my nutritarian roots, which when I first went plant-based back in 2006, one of the first books I ever read, aside from the China study, was Eat to Live by Dr. Joel Furman. And he, in my opinion is very extreme. However, he's spot on. His his approach is not for everyone. It's it's kind of like the Olympic level of eating healthy. Most people just can't do it. It is pretty restrictive. 
However, it's extremely health promoting and I feel awesome if I can stick to it. But the problem is, it is very hard to sustain a 100% nutritarian diet 100% of the time. And that goes for pretty much any other diet. I've done McDougal approach to plant-based eating, which is low fat, no oil. I've done maximum weight loss, which is no flour, no oil, no sugar, no salt, Sounds like a lot of no's, but there there really are a lot of foods that you can eat on that diet. But again, my point is, is whatever approach you take, particular quote diet, dietary approach, a lot of these diets are just kind of a cookie cutter approach and they're just not going to work if you're like, I am just going to do this 100% of the time. Everyone needs to figure out the approach that works for them. So what works for me is a plant-based diet, which is vegetarian. It's mostly vegan. I do allow for some Greek yogurt and some egg whites. And I am mostly sugar-free. I wouldn't say I'm completely sugar-free because now and then I will have something that has some refined sugar. I do like to have a dessert most days of the week. And when I say dessert, that could be anything from a banana nice cream, or mango nice cream, which is I just put the frozen fruit into the Yonana's machine and it comes out like frozen yogurt. That to me is a dessert. Anything that's kind of sweet or is sort of a fun food, it doesn't, it's not necessarily high in, in nutrient value. It can be. Like I, I really love Metajoule dates with a little bit of nut butter and some coconut flakes sprinkled on top. That to me is a treat. It doesn't have any sugar. It's completely natural very high in calories. And so if you're trying to lose weight, it's not necessarily, you know, you have a couple of those and that's like 300 calorie, three or 400 calories. So it's not necessarily a low calorie approach, but if you're trying to stay away from refined sugars, it's, it's a good option. So if you are looking at 2023, um, as I was back in back in December and thinking, okay, one of my goals is I want to change the trajectory of of my eating patterns right now. There are a lot of things that I'm doing really well. And I've been eating plant-based since 2006, like I said. And so most people will look at my diet and be like, Janae, you eat amazing. But for me, I just knew that a lot of those foods just really were not serving me. And so I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go back to nutritarian eating and I'm going to eat as closely to nutritarian as possible. I'm not going to ever say (laughs) I'm going to eat 100% this way, that way, or the other way, because I know that that is a recipe for failure for myself because it's just not sustainable. And for me, mentally, it's not healthy. However, I do like setting little challenges for myself and saying, okay, how how many vegetables can I get in today? How many different kinds of plant foods can I get into my diet today? And then also having these little challenges where I do stay away from, say, refined sugar for periods of time, say, for the next five days or so. And what's the value in that, you might ask? And I would just say it's a little, it's like, it acts like a reset. It helps you to think, change your paradigm around food. Maybe if you've grown too dependent on sweets and it's becoming a problem, It gives you a break to kind of reset your taste buds. Now, Dr. Furman would say all refined foods, including white flour, white rice, white sugar especially, are very addicting. And as long as any of it is in your system, you will stay addicted to those foods. 
I, maybe that's true, maybe not. For most people, (laughs) it's just not realistic to cut it all out cold turkey. Now, if you're a diabetic, if you have a chronic disease, I would find the motivation within you to to follow a very strict nutritarian diet or something along those lines. Doesn't necessarily need to be fully plant-based, but just a very, very strict diet because you want to use food as medicine first. Not that it is the same as medicine, but it does have a medicinal um, effect on, on helping with some of these chronic diseases. Okay, so what is a nutritarian diet? And I and I, this is this podcast isn't about a nutritarian diet, but I just as a side note, just so you know where I'm where I'm at in terms of what I'm working towards this month, the kinds of foods that I'm eating and focusing on. A nutritarian diet is a plant based diet. Dr. Furman actually does allow a very small amount of animal foods, namely um, animal protein. He's very against dairy, so. But he does allow small amounts of of meat, of animal protein into a diet if an individual is having a really hard time cutting out all animal foods. So he is a little bit different than some of the other plant-based doctors in that way. But his focus is on nutrient density. So his approach is all the foods that you consume should pack a nutritional punch. So no white flour, no white rice, no potatoes, which is interesting because Dr. McDougal, another plant-based doctor, is very big on potatoes, but Dr. Foreman is very much against potatoes unless it's something like a sweet potato. And... He's very big on beans because he is one of those plant-based doctors, which I really appreciate. And I know I know this is accurate, which is he is big on getting enough protein. He believes that a lot of vegan diets are deficient in protein and other nutrients, including omega-3 fats. And so he's really big on beans and seeds and nuts. And I think that's spot on. I think most people... Uh, most vegans who go low fat are not going to thrive in the long run because they are lacking the essential fats unless they're eating a lot of greens every day, which greens, by the way, do have a lot of omega-3s in them. A lot of people don't know that. They think it's just fish, but some certain greens are high in omega-3s, but you do have to eat a lot of them. I'm talking like probably one to two plus pounds of greens a day, which might be out of reach for some people. Either they don't have access to it, they don't have the funds for that, or it could just be a simple matter of it's just impractical. I mean, you do have to spend time cooking them, preparing them, eating them in a salad or a smoothie, and it's just, it's... It's a, it's a lot to ask of someone who's coming from the standard American diet to, to switch to that amount of greens. But I digress. So the nutritarian diet is based on nutrient density, primarily focusing on greens, beans, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. It's not a 
carb-free diet at all, (laughs) all plant-based diet or all plant-based foods, all plant foods have carbohydrate, even the higher protein foods, which is why some people discount being vegetarian and getting enough protein because beans, you know, it's almost half carbs, half protein. But if the totality of your diet is whole foods, you will be getting enough protein, especially if you're adding beans to your plant-based diet. So he does allow for grains, whole grains and starches, but if you follow his diet plan, I believe the recommendation is no more than one cup of starch a day, which in my mind is far too little for most people even if you are in fat loss mode. So that's one thing that I, I never follow when I do a nutritarian approach. So I suppose I'm not doing the strict version and that's fine with me. Like I said, I'm, I'm never going to do the strict version of anything because I'm always going to tweak it to serve me. And I don't, you know, you don't win any, any you don't win any awards by following someone's diet plan to a T. You make it your diet plan. It's your life. You're an adult. You are a thinking being. You are an individual with unique needs. And you figure out what works best for you. And then another thing is is you take take all the information and you, you take the knowledge at hand. And then you use it to think like an attorney or just a logical person. And you problem solve. And you say, okay, this is the information that I have. Dr. Furman says that these foods are really good for these reasons. And so I'm going to pick this food and that food and this other food because I like those foods. I can I have access to those foods. And I'm going to focus on those foods because they will work into my diet. Um, but when he says I should only be eating one cup of starch a day, that doesn't work for me. I don't feel good when I eat that that little starch. So I'm going to eat more starch than he recommends. And that's fine. There's no police out, diet police out there monitoring what you're eating and, you know, knocking stuff out of your hand and saying, nope, that's not right. It's all this mental battle that we create in our own head and our own heads when we read diet books, when we listen to these individuals, you know, preach their diet. And then we think to ourselves, oh, if I don't follow his or her recommendation to a T, then I'm not going to experience success. And I'm here to say that's just not true. I've had a lot of experience tweaking my own diet. And I can say from personal experience that it's just not true. You don't need to follow Dr. Blank's particular approach to a T you can create your own approach. So what I'm doing this month is I am eating mostly nutritarian. Today, my son is going to have a birthday cake, a birthday cake that we bought from Costco, by the way. (laughs) It is not a healthy birthday cake. It has hydrogenated oils and trans fats in the frosting, I'm sure. It's made from white flour and white sugar. But you know what the beautiful thing about a huge cake from Costco is? Is We don't have to eat the whole thing. We can share with neighbors. We can share with friends. We can throw half of it away. No one says we have to eat a certain amount of cake. And, you know, the funny thing is, is my kids, we have cake for everyone's birthday, mostly just out of a sense of tradition and obligation. And it's fun to blow out the candles on a birthday cake. And it's fun to have the colorful frosting that has all the dyes in it and aren't good for you. But it's fun. It's part of this celebration. 
But you know what? My kids, they actually eat very small amounts of cake. And then we end up throwing away about half the cake almost every time. Sometimes we try to give it away to neighbors if they'll take it or friends. But a lot of times the cake just goes to waste. And that's totally fine with me. I am fine with that. We have a lot of people in my family. There are 10 of us. So we have a lot of birthdays throughout the year. And so it averages, you know, a couple of birthdays every quarter of the year. And but every time you know, someone has a birthday, we still have cake. We don't eat a lot of it. And so that's kind of the approach that I take is I don't eat very much refined sugar at all. And when I do, it's, you know, like, for example, tonight when I have cake, I will have a very small piece with a very small amount of ice cream. And if I could get my hands on some plant-based ice cream, I live in Japan. They don't sell that at the store (laughs) that I shop at. I don't have access to that. I can make my own, but I don't have time for that today. So I'll probably have a little bit of ice cream. I am lactose intolerant, so uh, I really am motivated to eat very, very small amounts of dairy when I do. All right, so that's what I'm working on. I'm working on eating mostly nutritarian, so I'm focusing on beans, greens, fruit, seeds, nuts. And and that's part of Dr. Furman's, what he calls G-bombs. He has five foods that he believes, based on his research, and, and he does back this all up with a lot of really compelling and good research, that there are five foods that really help to disease-proof your body. Namely, berries, onions, mushrooms, nuts and seeds, and greens. So those are the five foods. I'll say them over again, maybe not in the right order. Greens, like leafy greens, like spinach, collards, bok choy, kale. So greens, that's one. Berries, that's two. Nuts and seeds, that's three. Raw onion, that's four. And mushrooms, that's five. I hope I mentioned those five (laughs) correctly. Yeah, those, those are the five. So he suggests that you eat those daily on a daily basis. And those foods have unique properties that are cancer fighting, chronic disease fighting, you know, preventative um, foods. And so those are foods that I try to include in my diet every day as well as part of my nutritarian approach. So another one of my goals is to continue weight training. We have a big move coming up this summer. We are moving back to the States. We have lived in Tokyo for almost three years. So ready to go back to the States. It is difficult to live in a country where no one speaks your language. Of course, people on base speak our language. But Tokyo is a metro city. It's one of the biggest cities, if not the biggest city in the world. It's very dense population-wise. There's not a lot of nature around us. I am a nature girl. I would love to live in Colorado or Virginia or Washington State. And But here I am in a metro city. So I'm thrilled to be going back to the States. We're going to the South this time. My husband is in the Air Force, and we will be going to Louisiana. So we will be there for a couple of years, and I'm looking forward to being back in a place where they speak my language. 
<laughs> but that move is coming up this summer. And so in preparation for the move, there's going to be a lot of work it's a huge life transition. It's always stressful. Even though we do a lot of moving in the military, it never gets easier. You learn little tips and tricks and hacks, ways to make it easier, but you still, there's still the grind of it all and the disruption of it all. So my goal for this year, knowing that that will come up and that's about a four month period of my life that's just an upheaval, I want to make sure that I am being consistent with my weight training. And I don't have any huge goals with my weight training other than to just continue to do progressive overload. I have a ways to go and it's a slow process, weightlifting is. And so, you know, between now and December, I want to be able to add 50 to 75 pounds to my squat, for example, on the barbell. And I want to be able to do the same for my deadlift. And that might take, you know, 10 to 12 months. So that's my goal. In terms of helping you, how can you reach your goals this year for health and fitness? I have a couple of insights. The first one is if fat loss is a goal for you this year, I encourage you to take it slow. I encourage you to go through cycles. So I encourage you to do an eight-week fat loss cycle followed by a four to six-week maintenance cycle and then repeat until you get to your goal weight. And just realize that it's going to be a slower process than you would like. And that's okay. You want it to be slow so it can be sustainable. And there's a lot of on fat loss that I would like to talk about in future episodes, but I will say right now that you need to understand if you have excess weight on you, particularly if you were a BMI 25 or above, that's considered overweight. And then over 30 is actually puts you in the obese category. That's nothing to be scared of, at least in terms of acknowledging that that's the reality. Like, you need to acknowledge that that is a reality. So if you were a BMI of 32, realize that that is in the obese category. That doesn't determine your value. That does not determine your worth. That's just a, f- a number that people have figured out, decided, hey, if you are at this number, you need to lose some weight for your health. And I know that's debatable now because there's the health at every size movement. That's not something that I'm going to go into right now. But I will say that I belong to the camp that says if you are in the obese or overweight category, you would be well served your time would be well spent to lose that weight. And it is possible. You can lose weight. It's a lot of work. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You probably need some help and some hand-holding, which is why I personally do one-on-one coaching. And there are personal trainers. There are a lot of health coaches in the world. People are there for you to reach out to for help and support. You do not have to do it on your own. So if fat loss is a goal, then just take that in stride. Realize it's a process. It takes time. And you need to do it in a scientific, thoughtful way. Please don't grab the latest diet book and follow the guidelines to a T. So much of the diet book industry is just fluff. 
Now, if you're following someone like Dr. Furman or some of these other plant-based doctors, I think they have a lot of good insights and tips, but even their approaches aren't don't provide the complete picture. And I'm not saying that I provide the complete picture and I have all the answers, but I have successfully lost weight after each of my eight babies, 30 to 45 plus pounds of fat. And so I have a lot of hands-on experience in the trenches and I know what it takes to lose fat. And it doesn't take what a lot of these diet gurus are preaching, which is a lot of it's just nonsense and not based on science. So if you're If you have a goal of, so that's fat loss, if fat loss is your goal. If you have a goal to just get healthy, my biggest recommendation is is to make sure that you're getting a walk-in every day. I will not stop talking about daily walks. Everyone and their dog (laughs) literally needs to go for a walk every day. Ideally, you're hitting 10,000 steps. You might want to think of maybe getting a treadmill, putting that in your house. You can walk on your treadmill while you watch TV at night. You can get a walking desk. You can add walks in, you know, 10 minute walks after meals. Lots of creative ways to get more steps in. The last thing I will say, if your goals include adding muscle to your body or changing your body composition and getting quote toned, then you absolutely have to add resistance training into your fitness regimen. You are not going to get toned by doing Zumba. Zumba is not bad. I think Zumba is great. If, if that is something that you really enjoy, then do it. We all need cardio in our lives. So if Zumba is your thing, do, do that. But it's not going to change your body composition. What will change your body composition is losing fat if you need to lose fat. And that'll help you see that muscle definition. And then adding muscle. And the only way to do that is through heavy lifting, through resistance training. So those are the three things. If fat loss is your goal, realize that it's a slow process. It's worth it. It takes time. Reach out for help if you need it. If health is your goal, go for a walk every day. (laughs) There are obviously so many other things that are related to health, but that's my biggest tip. And then third, if you'd like to get toned, you got to add heavy lifting, resistance training into your exercise regimen. If you are limited to working out at home, obviously your dumbbells only go so high, but you can get pretty heavy dumbbells and you'll have to do higher repetitions, but you definitely can increase your muscle mass. You will not get bulky, especially if you're a female. Do not worry about that. All right. Well, our time is up, my friends. I am so glad we had this chat. I hope it wasn't too scattered. I hope that you gained some good insights and tidbits. And if nothing else, you know, I'm just trying to keep it real here. Occasionally, I'll have to have these episodes where it's a little more fly by the seat of your pants because, hey, I only had, you know, 45 minutes to throw together this podcast while my baby is sleeping. It's the day my two-year-old finally went back to preschool. He goes two days a week. So I had this small window of, of time to get it done. And I just thank you for being here. I thank you for listening. I would love to hear from you. It would make my day if you sent me a DM or an email just to say hi, that you enjoy the show. Let me know what you like. Let me know if you have any suggestions. And I really hope that you have a fantastic week. I look forward to chatting with you again real soon. 
And remember, Mama, you are worth it.